0: You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. All right, well, good morning, North Valley. Good to be with you guys this morning. My name is Ryan. I serve as the lead pastor uh, here at North Valley. Uh, Welcome to Vision Sunday. We're gonna be sharing with you about God's work in the life of North Valley and our next steps uh, for this next ministry year as we're preparing. Um, I want to just take a special moment to say thank you to all of our volunteers that served on Easter. We had over 50 volunteers. We can celebrate that. And uh, many of you made uh, first-time decisions to follow Jesus Christ. And in this uh, spring season, we're going to be doing baptisms uh, so for all of you, if you have not been baptized and you want to share with the church family this spring about your faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to be holding a special baptism on Mother's Day. So uh, make sure you, you think about that today. And on your program, there's a section that says, my response, my decision today. Uh, I'll give you guys a couple opportunities on how you can respond over the next coming weeks to be a part of what God's doing at North Valley. So, so glad you're here. Uh, A year ago, uh, Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan and Ian and I got together, and we sat down on the couch in my office, and I said, guys, I think now is the time. I said, uh, in the life of a church, there's kind of moments where you come to uh, uh, kind of a precipice of of, uh, some significant change in direction and vision. And I said, either this decision that we make together uh, to move forward and purchase land and uh, start a campaign and do all this we will either make this church become the regional church by God's grace, or it's going to break us. It will completely shatter us. And uh, we all said, let's get out of the safe zone and move into the faith zone, and let's go for it. And so here's a video to kind of highlight kind of the chron- chronological order of my wife and I moving out here about five years ago. Check this out. In the summer of 2010, with the love and support of my beautiful wife, Leslie, we packed up the U-Haul and our two kiddos, Sam and Riley, our dog and everything we owned and we set out for Phoenix, Arizona. When we arrived, we didn't know a single soul. What we did know was that God had called us to plant a church. We recruited 10 of our closest friends and family to join us. We immediately started reaching out to our neighbors, building friendships, leading Bible studies, and doing whatever we could to share and show the love of Jesus Christ. Our church family rolled up their sleeves and went to work impacting the community, the state, and our world with the love of Jesus Christ. In the community, we partnered with the public school system with our focus on Title I schools. We helped launch an anti-bullying campaign. We held food drives, which fed over 2,000. We started a Young Life ministry in the state. We partnered with 20 churches, former Governor Jan Brewer and local police department to address the foster care crisis in Arizona. Leslie and I even adopted our little daughter, Maya, right here from the Valley as well. Globally, we are partnering with other strategic partners to reach our world for Christ. Last year, we sent our first mission team to Guatemala to visit families to deliver fresh water in remote villages. We've helped start four different churches in just the last two years. God has used our church powerfully to show and share the love of Jesus Christ. Something's happening in our church. It's much bigger than the 10 friends I invited to help start the church. In fact, it's much bigger than the 220 plus people that call North Valley home. It's about the 187,000 people that live within 15 minutes and don't yet have a church home. God is calling North Valley Community Church to reach our neighbors for Christ. We are a great commandment, great commission church. We are a hospital to the hurting. We are a light to this community. We are a training center for believers. God has miraculously provided an opportunity for us to secure nine acres of land with buildings that are in need of repair. This will be our permanent place of worship for our new growing church. It will be a permanent place of worship for all families, an opportunity to train up the next generation and the most strategic location to share and show the love of Christ in the North Valley. I believe God is calling our church to this land as an area of influence. Now is the time for the people of North Valley Community Church to respond with sacrificial, generous, and faithful giving. This is an extraordinary kind of opportunity that is an extraordinary ministry need for our valley. Together, we can do this. Together, we can reach the North Valley for Christ. God has given us an area of influence. It's the North Valley. Our time is now. We need to purchase this property. We need to renovate it and move in. There's already existing structures and facilities on site, ready to be renovated. To start, we'll need to renovate our soon-to-be worship center and children's facility in phase one. This will provide for us the space and the freedom to open up a second service. We'll be able to host weddings to the public, baptisms, memorial services, and more. Parents will be free to worship while their children are learning about Christ in the newly renovated future home of North Valley Kids. Classrooms will be designed to maximize learning. This area will be complete with junior high and high school ministry spaces, classrooms, playgrounds, and more. This new location will be our long-term home for North Valley Community Church. There will be plenty of room to expand our area of influence for Christ. Will you join Leslie and I in making the largest one-time gift that's above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings? Join us to make a three-year commitment to help build North Valley Community Church. May God expand our area of influence for His name and fame. Till His kingdom come, may His will be done on earth as it is. The over the years, uh, really, guys, we we started that last spring and we did it. We successfully launched a campaign by God's grace. You guys gave sacrificially. We had some people digging up their savings uh, in the backyard. We had kids selling lemonade. Uh, I went back to Arkansas and asked for my land and my horses to sell them. And uh, you guys all, we all came together. And I remember sitting down with the pastoral team and I said, guys, we're going to have to lead by example in giving the largest one-time gift we've ever given, and then let's make a three-year commitment to do this. And we all, we, everybody in the church was all in, and we did it. And I said, I said to you guys, I said, if we can buy this land, it's probably gonna be 12 to 36 months before we can move on site. So let me tell you a story, and uh, then we'll, we'll get to there how, when we're moving in. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I had a friend, Nate, uh, Nate Kruger is his name, a friend of mine who helps churches get on site. And he's a part of a lending team. And he came in and he saw the church and he knew that we raised enough money to buy the land, service the note, but it would take about 12 to 36 months before we could be on site. And uh, so he came and he visited and he said, Ryan, I visit churches all around the country. And my job is to ensure that churches like yours get out of a temporary facility like a movie theater and quit pouring money into that and move on to their long-term home that they own and they invest in and allow the church and the community to know that that church is really there. And uh, he came and he visited in one of the church picnics, and he saw the church, and he couldn't believe about the enthusiasm, the life change, the work that had been go- going on, and he said, Ryan, will you meet with me tomorrow, and let's talk about getting you on site immediately? And I said, uh, yeah, Sure. And uh, I had no idea, I had no idea that he would say that. And he said, Ryan, let, let's look at all your financials. And so I had Jonathan and uh, come in, and we spent uh, a week and a half reviewing all the financials. And the church has grown beyond our expectation. Uh, we did not know that the church would continue to grow so quickly. We actually planned it would be about three years before we'd be able to move on site. And because of the church's growth and your generosity it positioned us to do this to secure a very short-term note and completely 100% move on-site, stop paying rent here at Harkins Theater, be 100% on-site by August 14th, 2016. And here's this. This means that we will have beat every odds possible. We will be 100% on site before a one-year start date of the close. We closed on the property on September 11th, and we'll be on site. And by that time, we will have gone through our first message series. And on our, on our one-year anniversary, I want to show you what somebody is dedicating. It's a 9-11 memorial cross to commemorate God's redemption, not only in our Church, but that's an exact replica of the one in New York City, and uh, we have a museum uh, curator is giving us the exact dimension. And somebody stepped forward and said, "Hey, we're willing to spend up to twenty thousand dollars to put that on the very front of the frontage there on I-17 for more than ninety-one thousand people every day to remember about the redemption available in Jesus Christ." Isn't that cool? So, good news is this, is I want to walk through uh, just a little bit about the big picture of our church for a moment, and then I'm going to be teaching in the Bible about what Paul calls an area of influence. Um, this is our site plan. This is uh, y- You can pick up a copy of this site plan on our new brochure called Area of Influence. That was the compa- campaign, the strategic initiative that we launched uh, last year, and many of you are still contributing towards that. Uh, we are, my wife and my kids. Um, so, what I want to do is just for a moment is tell you all of the things that we're going to get done in phase one over the next five months uh, leading up to grand opening. The colored section that you see is the nine acre property that we, we purchased. So originally when I drew this out, uh, you need to understand like there was no plot of a nine acre plot for sale. Uh, I went to the owner and said, we, we by God's miraculous grace, could maybe secure nine acres. And they were selling originally 28 acres. And then I got them down to 15, and then I got them down to nine. So I drew the best I could a nine-acre lot. Originally, the picture that I showed you wasn't this one. This is up to date. This is exactly nine acres. We own full and clear all the nine acres that you see right there. And here's what we're going to do in phase one. We're going to finish our North Valley Chapel. Um, The picture will come up on the screen, and you can see a little bit as to what the North Valley Chapel is going to be looking like. This is a look on the inside. Uh, We had 285 chairs designated and donated to us by a church called Sun Valley. Um, Additionally, Sun Valley gave us another $30,000 for a lot of our AV equipment and some other uh, stuff to get on site. So, the whole story of North Valley is just one little step of incredible mercy and grace and like amazing work about our church coming together. Um, additionally, what we're going to do in phase one is we're going to finish out all the nursery stuff, uh, some of the children's areas. We're going to finish the children's building. Um, kids, you're going to have an awesome playground, so that's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to have a front lot for for kids. We're going to have a back lot for the older kids. Um, this is going to be a really incredible opportunity for our church. Uh, additionally, you can kind of see a bird's eye view of the property here. Let me show you that. Um, this is those, the colored section is what we're going to complete in phase one. Just so you know, nine acres is a lot. It's a great deal amount of land. And so we got to do a lot of maintenance. Uh, you're looking at the maintenance man. You're looking at the janitor. You're looking at the preacher, uh, you know, and so uh, this is a nine-acre lot. Just FYI, standing invitation any Monday morning at 9 a.m. You want to show up, and we'll uh, I'll put you to work on how to help maintain a nine-acre campus. Uh, for right now, this is what we've got. And... Uh, our hope and prayer is, is because it is a campus designed for more of a 15-acre lot, there's utilities and gas lines on the additional properties you can see on the side. Uh, eventually, we hope to secure those properties as well because it's a cohesive property. And uh, we're, we're, thankfully, we have a good relationship with the owner, And uh, I'm working out a plan over a long period of time that maybe by God's grace, we'd be able to secure those properties as well. And so what you can count on before uh, we kick off this next ministry year is that we're going to be, we are by God's grace and your generosity, we're going to be moving forward and we're going to renovate all of those nine acres and completely be on site. And that'll enable us to do a couple of things. Um, Next year, we're going to have... We're going to launch on August 14th with two services, so our volunteers can serve a service and attend a service. For the first time in many years for many of you guys, volunteers that have served faithfully and so long, this will be a great refreshment and a healthy move for our congregation. Additionally, two services will enable for more options for the community to participate and hear about the the love and the life of Jesus Christ. So we're excited about that. Uh, we'll start off those two services August 14th. If we get in there earlier, then we'll go over there as a church, but we're all going to prep and get ready for our grand opening on August 14th. Um, additionally, our prayer, you can pray with me that we can prep and prepare, and we'll have our uh, four weeks after our grand opening, we'll have a, a memorial a, 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 a memorial service of some sort to commemorate uh, those who have fought in the uh, and served in the armed forces uh, to remember 9-11. And uh, that memorial cross will be going up. Our plan is, is that that would go up on uh, before uh, uh, September 11th. Additionally, what we plan to do this coming fall is we've got some really incredible um, teachers, uh, Bible study teachers, women's Bible study uh, that are, are going to be participating with us. If you ever go around town and you see the billboard that says womenbiblestudy.com, that's Lisa Leisure. Uh She and her husband uh, are going to offer an opportunity for North Valley to be the second kind of location for women's Bible study. Uh, and they're looking at this coming fall I think doing the life of David in the upcoming years, maybe the book of Acts. And so, ladies, you're going to have an opportunity. We're going to try to do our best to provide child care so all of the needs are taken care of. You can just come, unplug, and hear good Bible, Jesus-centered teaching. Amen? So let's celebrate that. Uh, Additionally, you can pray with me. Phoenix is ranked number 98 out of 100 cities. That is the least biblically literate cities in the country. And uh, as a response to that issue and that need, I called Dallas Seminary, Phoenix Seminary, and Denver Seminary, and I said, we would like to host a Bible conference from our new church property. And uh, we're gonna, you can pray with us on how we do that, but we've already got a confirmation from the president of Phoenix Seminary that he's gonna do everything to financially sponsor it, participate in it, encourage and equip and encourage other churches and leaders to be a part of that so that we can help our people in the Phoenix Valley understand who Jesus is. I think one of the greatest threats in Christianity in the next 10 years, 15 years, is, is God's word true. Is it really authoritative? And so as a church, we are going to be an epicenter of God's goodness and resources to the valley. We want to bless. We want to train up other leaders. We want to help encourage and equip the next generation for Christ, and that includes local church leaders as well. So, you can pray with me on that. I don't know if we'll be able to do that this coming fall or spring. It might be the following year, Uh, but there's going to be a lot of wonderful things and opportunities. Additionally, we're going to use the property, even in next fall and the spring, to do um, a, a few what we call big days or special events out at the property, where we had on Easter Sunday for a church of our size, we had over 500 people be a part of North Valley. I had one conversation with a, a, a gal who said, you know, I come from a, 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 a Buddhist background, and uh, I, I want to explore being a part of the church, and this is my first time to step foot uh, on a church campus, and, but I want to hear about and learn about Jesus. Um, guys, listen, our job as a church is to reach our community for Christ, And when we do special events, uh, that is is a public opportunity to say, hey, you're welcome at our church. We want to help you uh, to to love you, love love our neighbors, and then we invite people from there to be a part of our church services. And so if you were a part of the Easter event last weekend, man, we're glad you're here. We're super glad you're here. And uh, we are here to glorify God, number one, and number two is to serve for the good of our entire community. And so we're going to use the future of North Valley to do those two things, glorify God and serve the good of our community. Amen? So I want to thank you all for your generous contributions. Many of you, this church, I bet there's about 10 to 15, if not 20 families that gave incredible one-time gifts. Um, And I'm not talking about a number, I'm talking about proportion to their income. Gave incredible one-time gifts to see that this church would secure a permanent place for worship, to equip the next generation for Christ, and to share and show the love of Jesus Christ to the North Valley and beyond. And I want to say thank you for that. Amen? Let's celebrate that. Let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for today. We pray that your word now would move swiftly through our hearts, our minds. God, and we just say thank you for your work in and through this church. To Christ be the the glory in the North Valley and beyond. Everybody said amen. Amen. If you would, go ahead and stand up for the reading of God's word. We're in, where are we? We're in 2 Corinthians this morning. Here we go. 2 Corinthians. Um, this morning, we're going to learn the text that the uh, from the Apostle Paul. He serves as one of the greatest visionaries of our day. He was a missionary, a church planter, a scholar, a theologian, and a pastor of Jesus Christ. And he writes to the church in Corinth, the church that he planted, and he's Uh, has traveled throughout the Roman Empire, establishing churches. He has witnessed the powerful resurrection power of Jesus Christ, and he's proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord in a pagan, unchurched, unchristian society. And he writes to the church in Corinth to, to clarify some issues that are going on there, to realign his partnerships so that he can go on Uh, under their blessing to continue to do the good work of establishing churches, sharing and showing the love of Jesus Christ. He writes this in verse 13, chapter 10. He says, but we will not boast beyond limits, but we will boast only with regard to the area of influence that God has assigned to us to reach even to you. For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come to you all the way with the gospel of Christ. We did not boast beyond limits in the labors of others. But our hope is is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. So that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of the works already done in another's areas of influence, and let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at five lessons from the world's greatest visionary leader, the Apostle Paul, outside of Jesus Christ, The apostle Paul is the most influential person I would argue that ever walked the earth. For North Valley to fulfill our vision for becoming a Christ-centered regional church, we must do five things. The first thing is that we're gonna learn even from the Apostle Paul who envisioned in his day, the church in Corinth would be the church that would secure this area of influence and that would be an epicenter for ascending church of the name and fame of Jesus Christ to go out through all the world, moving from Jerusalem to Ephesus and beyond, even into the forest parts of Asia, Syria, and, the, and Europe. Uh, Apostle Paul believed that that Corinth was one of those special churches. I believe for us to influence a region, the North Valley, I think we're positioned in an incredible way. The first thing we need to do is we need to be humble in success. We can't boast about what we're doing as a church, but we can boast about what God is doing in and through us. That's what the apostle Paul said. Verse 13, he says, but we will not boast beyond limits. In other words, he says, we're not going to boast beyond our limitations or the area that God has assigned to us. There's four ways that I think that we can stay humble as a church and as a pastor who's established being called by God to come out here from Little Rock, Arkansas, to move out here and establish this church. We've broken almost every record I know of by other people comparing us But I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about us as a church being faithful to fulfill the vision and the mission he's called us to, amen? And we've got to remain humble. If you're coming from another church, don't say to me, well, this church is so much better. Let's just say, hey, I came to North Valley and I want to help be faithful to fulfill the vision and the mission he's called us to, amen? So, it'd be real easy in all the success that we experience as a church to move forward from here and to think we're just the best. Uh, You know, we just need to be the best with what God gives us and not compare. The Apostle Paul says this. He's going to say, No, it's okay to boast. You just got to boast properly. Four ways to stay humble and be successful, the Apostle Paul teaches us. Number one, don't be ashamed of your God given influence. The Apostle Paul in verse 13, look what it says. He says, we're not going to boast beyond limits. The Apostle Paul is not apologizing for his influence. He's saying, no, God's called me. He's marked me out. He's given me a vision, a plan, and a purpose. And I'm going to faithfully walk into that and do that in the name of Christ. And every single one of us, as you see your, God's hand of blessing upon your life and you're successful in certain areas, Be thankful. For God's work and his blessing and the success that you experience. Don't be ashamed. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. Don't ever apologize for the influence that God gives you, but be careful. Verse 13, number two, that I think the second point is under this, don't have this in your notes, but is this is don't compare yourself. A lot of people in Corinth were trying to compare against the Apostle Paul and a lot of other ministry people in that time were falling into the trap of comparison. And he says, but we will boast only in regard to the area of influence that God has assigned to us. In other words, Paul's saying, the area that God's assigned to me, that's what I'm going to focus on. Don't compare. Number three, give credit to God. Verse 17, look what it says. It says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. There's nothing wrong with being thankful, or a lot of times you think of boasting as completely wrong, but Paul says, if you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. Anytime somebody says, man, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe your church did this, or I can't believe that. Just say, God's good, isn't he? He's always good. It's boasting in the Lord, bragging about God Number, the fourth way that we can stay humble and successful, verse 18, Paul tells us how to be humble in the midst of success is let another praise you. Look what he says in verse 18. He says, for it is not the one who commends himself who's approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Let other people praise you. Don't try to praise yourself. Just allow other people to do that. How do we become a Christ-centered regional church? The second way that we're gonna do that is that we need to be an influence for Christ. We have to understand that God gives every Christian in every church what I call an area of influence. The Apostle Paul called that as well. An area of influence according to the department of, let me pull this up here, the department of military is a military uh, U.S. Department of Defense. In 2005, they defined an area of influence as this. It's a geographical area wherein a commander is directly capable of influencing operations, maneuvers, fire support, systems, uh, normally under the commander's command or control. The apostle Paul figured that he was in a battle in some sorts, good against evil. And he is securing an area, and he believed that he was called, and I, we would all agree over church history that God had called him to establish areas of influence called the local church. And every Christian, every church has an area of influence. The Apostle Paul tells us three things about these areas. Look at verse 13. He says, he says the area of influence is assigned by God. That's the first thing. Paul has an area of influence, just like you have an area of influence. You have an area of influence if you're a parent with your children. If you go to school, at your school. In your neighborhood, with your neighbors. You have an influence. For Paul, it was Corinth. God had called him to establish the church there. He planted the church there. And Paul will say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, but God's the one who makes it grow. Amen. God's the one who does that. Secondly, we learned about the church. Uh, The church has an area of influence in verse 15. He says this, verse 15, look, but our hope is that as your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. In other words, Paul was saying, as your faith, church, people in the church in Corinth, you know, the first church, Uh, the first community church in Corinth, as the faith of those people increases, the influence increases because they would go out into the marketplace and share and show the love of Jesus Christ. So the church has an area of influence. Every church in in the world has an area of influence. For us, it's the North Valley. There is 91,000 people that drive by our property every single day. I crawled up on top of this mountain this morning and I overlooked the area where our church was and where the movie theater was. And I thought about all of you and I thought, you're in those neighborhoods. God, would you use them to be an influence in their communities? And would we just take on the mindset that the power of Christ has got enough power to help change a marriage, amen? The power of Christ has got enough power Power to bring somebody from death to life spiritually. Amen? And so it's through you that God chooses to work in every church. Every Christian has an area of influence. Third, the apostle Paul says that other people have an area of influence. Look what it says in verse 16. He says, so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another areas of influence. Some people have more influence. Some people have less. Here's the point. You need to be an influence, church. If we're going to move forward as a Christ-centered regional church in the North Valley, you need to see yourself as an influencer. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Jesus said, you are salt of the earth. You should bring out the best in people. You should preserve the gospel message. That's what salt does. It preserves. Salt also, it pulls out the best. We are an influence as a church. Number three, for us to become a Christ-centered regional church in the North Valley, we need to be grateful to God. We need to acknowledge that God assigns us, the church, Christians, the responsibility, and it's not ourselves assigning ourselves to this job. Verse 13, it says, God assigned to us. Paul saw it in his mind that God was the one who called him to a, not only salvation, but unto a service. Paul understood that his salvation was not just for the benefits and the privileges of God in his glory, but his salvation was always called unto a purpose. Does that make sense? And so for you as a Christian, you're not just given all the benefits of Christianity, eternal life, hope, forgiveness, all that. Yes, that's true. But you're called unto a service, And Paul says, I'm grateful for all of it. God has signed it to us. He literally marked it out. Look what it says in 13b. It says, to reach even to you. That means that Paul is sharing that there's a purpose in God assigning this work. He comes, he's happy, he's thankful that the church is growing in Corinth and to reach even to them. The Corinthians were crazy church. They were like the church gone wild. There was all sorts of terrible things going on from sexual immorality to drunkenness to all sorts of terrible things. And Paul says, in the midst of it, I've seen life change to reach even to you. Paul had traveled more than a thousand miles by foot, by boat, horse, camel, whatever. He had made the trip even to you. Point is is that as a church we always need to be grateful. Amen. We need to be grateful. Be grateful for what God's done in our church. Be grateful for what God's doing in our marriages. Be grateful for what he's doing in our kids. Be grateful for God how he heals people. Be grateful. Always be grateful. It's important to have an attitude of gratitude. That's going to be incredibly important for the future of our church. Always be grateful. Number four, if we're to become a a Christ-centered regional church, we need to be intentional with our strengths. You need to utilize as you belonging to this church, and we do too, corporately and individually, we need to utilize our unique strengths and advantages as a church. Look what Paul says. He says, for we were the first to come to you. Paul recognized that his strength is pioneer leadership. He was a person called by God, focused on reaching the unreached, far-from-God people. He would go to unchurched areas. He says, we were the first. Did you know our church is the first? There's different kinds of churches. There's kind of like the best churches where you get the best preacher and the best teacher in town, and everybody wants to go to him. Uh, You've got churches that are the first churches. They're the first church to show up in an area and people want to come to that church because they're like I've never seen a church here before. We ought to go to that church. Paul says I was we were the first to show up in Corinth. Do you remember that? So here's what I have to say to you church. There's never been a church on that property ever. There's not another large church campus from I from I17 and the 101 up to the Black Canyon Highway. I don't know I drive to Flagstaff, I can't see a church off the highway. But God's position, North Valley, for whatever reason, he's deemed good to choose us, that we would be the first church in the area right along the I-17 corridor for 91,000 people every single day to drive past. We're the first. That's a special privilege. Who did that? God did. God assigned it. Should we be grateful? Absolutely. Can we boast? We can boast to the Lord. We need to be humble through this process. Amen? We're the first in that area. Okay, so Paul says to come all the way to you. That means literally he had been in Jerusalem, Antioch, Ephesus, Corinth. He'd planted churches all throughout the major urban areas. When Leslie and I first started praying about establishing a church, we had... Before that said, God, if you want to send us to Madrid, Spain, we'll go plant a church there. We'll go to the ends of the earth, wherever you want to take us. And through God's uh, just hearing from the Lord, praying, seeking him, fasting, asking where he wants us, he brought us to Phoenix. We spent time in Madrid, Spain. We came here. Finally, we landed here. Here's why though, we knew we needed to be in a major urban area where God would use us to establish a regional church that would send missionaries all around the world. And by God's grace, this year, we're going to help plant 10 churches and unreached people groups in India. Let's celebrate that. Amen. This year, we're sending a team to the Dominican Republic. Um, After service, there's a missionary team signing up. This is an epicenter For God's global initiatives at North Valley, we will do everything possible to go all out and be all in to share and show the love of Jesus Christ for God's glory in the North Valley and beyond. Always. Amen? Paul says... With the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's the Easter message. That's the message Jesus is alive. That's the message that Jesus forgives. That's the message that there's hope today. That's the message that there's hope tomorrow. That's the message that says, this can change your life, Jesus Christ. Paul reminds the church in Corinth, do you remember we were the first to come to you? We came all the way. We were the first to come to you with the gospel of Jesus Christ There's going to be a lot of first-time decisions for Jesus Christ in this church. There's going to be a lot of first-time marriage miracles happen in the life of this church. God is using our church as an area of influence. We need to be intentional to use our God-given strengths, amen? Last point. We need to be bold to go into what I call the faith zone. Most Christians spend most of their life in what I call the safe zone, and they play it safe. They don't step out and risk everything for the name and the fame of Jesus Christ. But oh, those who do, they motivate, they inspire, they call others into it. Let me tell you a few stories of people in our church that have stepped into this faith zone that's all rewarding, God-empowering, life-changing. This week, I heard a story about a young gal who put in her 30 days notice to start a new career to serve in in a way that she'd be more effective in sharing and showing the love of Jesus Christ. She's giving up her safety, her paycheck, her benefits so that she can more effectively share and show the love of Jesus Christ but oh, how most people would quietly resign in quiet desperation and regret and stick it out in a job that they hate. This gal said, no, I know what the Lord wants for me. I'm going into the faith zone. Recently, I heard another story about a young man who's breaking up with his girlfriend because it's time for him to move on. It's not going in the right direction and he knows he's got to break things off. He's got to put something in the burn barrel and move on. That's stepping into the faith zone. That's walking away from the safe zone. See, it's easy to stay in a relationship that's going nowhere. It's easy to stay in a job that you know is going nowhere and is limiting your influence. And God says, I want you in the faith zone. Let me tell you about the church. I know many of you have already come up to me and said, I'm terrified about joining a neighborhood group. I'm terrified about going on a missions trip. But I want to go because I sense God's calling me to go. And remember this, church, God doesn't call you to do what's safe. He calls you to live by faith. And when you play it safe, you are missing the adventure. You're missing out on all that he's purposed and planned for you to have as a ministry. You know, we take faith steps all the time. We appoint new leaders and we're like, here you go. Here's some influence, let's see how that goes. And we'd rather err there on empowering and encouraging and appointing new leaders to areas of influence within our church than to play it safe all the time. In ministry, we have set a goal by faith, guys, that we'll be ready for our grand opening. I have to tell you, there was moments of doubt. I called Pastor Jonathan and Ian this weekend, and I said, I'm a little nervous." We've been incredibly blessed to to, under-promise and over-deliver. What if we blow it here? And I feel it. I'm like, the church could crumble. Then I come back to, Lord, I want to be faithful to you and to what you're calling us to. I I will air it out with a godly counsel of men. And then we will walk in faith. Amen? always should be the posture and the plan for us as Christians. Take a bold step of faith. If you're in the safe zone, I promise you, you're not in the faith zone. If your life is completely comfortable, you ought to ask what's wrong. I need to take one step forward in faith. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want to encourage you to take a step of faith. The Apostle Paul says this in verse 15. Look what he says. He says, our hope is that as your faith increases, I pray that you would take a step of faith and that it would increase your faith. And as a result, the area of influence for our church will be greatly enlarged for the name and fame of Jesus Christ. And that goes on to say in verse 15, look what it says so that we may what? Preach the gospel in lands beyond you. The Apostle Paul was thinking about Spain. The Apostle Paul was thinking about moving the gospel message further west. Eventually, that would be here in the United States of America, generations and generations later. The Apostle Paul had the West in mind. And he said, Corinth, would you be a church? a Christ-centered regional church to help expand this gospel message. Together, guys, let's be bold and go into the faith zone. Amen? Let me pray. Invite the worship team up. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We pray that we take steps into the faith zone, trusting you, Lord, whatever that step is, Lord, maybe it's a step into the faith zone is to step forward and join a neighborhood group. Lord, maybe it's to participate or contribute in this uh further next steps onto this church property. Or maybe, Lord, it's to be uh, baptized publicly and to proclaim their faith in Christ. Or maybe it's to go on a mission trip. Lord, I pray that we all here would take steps that would not only increase the area of influence in our church, but in our communities, in our family. Lord, we want to take that next step of faith. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.